Welcome back to Radio Entrepreneurs. My name is Jeffrey Davis, and uh, we continue to stream stories of leadership, entrepreneurship, and how to deal with this economy. And I don't think there's an entrepreneur, an independent entrepreneur, a business person who isn't out there thinking about AI and how it's going to affect us in the next few years. Uh, I know I think about it, and I think about it in terms of every single client I work with and try to talk about the implications. And with that in mind, we like to check in regularly with Tom McNulty, intellectual property attorney at Landau and Anastasi. Welcome back, Tom. Hi, thank you for having me again. Uh, well, you know, I don't know about you, but AI is constantly in the back of my mind as a source of anxiety, <laughs> knowing what's coming and how we're going to deal with it. Um, yeah, I think it's a source of a lot of people's anxiety. Um I know we were discussing just now uh, one of the one of the bases behind the Hollywood writers strike uh, and the actors strike is concerns about um, AI substantially replacing them. And um, I know they just the writers, the writers just settled and they did get some protections regarding the use of AI to develop scripts or to create scripts. Um, that's a that's a concern in a, in a whole bunch of other industries as well. Um and uh, and I thought today one of the things I'd like to talk about is is what you as an entrepreneur, if you've got a business, if you've got employees, what you can do to um, protect your information from, uh, particularly your confidential information from disclosure through using um, AI models. Well, that's <laughs> important. I know that my work, I've always based my work on originality, customized work for clients. So that would be a concern for me. Yeah, and it should be a concern for a lot of people. Um, you know, one of the things that is important to basically any business is the ability to maintain their confidential information, their trade secret information um, as as protected, as not disclosed to the public. Um, you know, there's there's both national and state and common law trade secret rights uh, that that all require you take reasonable steps to protect the secrecy of of your information as part of it qualifying for trade secret protection. And um, I think a lot of people have jumped into the AI game without really giving thoughts to whether what they're putting in is confidential or will remain confidential in the future. And uh, and that can have some pretty serious consequences. Um, there were a few Samsung employees, three Samsung employees recently, each independently using um, some form of AI uh, basically to uh, one of them was using it to check uh, on confidential uh, software, so confidential code that they were developing. Uh, one of them was using it to um, basically create code. There are AIs that will that will generate code for you. And a third was using uh, a, a language model to basically uh, collate and summarize uh, uh, various meetings and put it into a report. Uh, and in each of these instances, they were using, you know, a web-based uh, AI system. It wasn't something that Samsung itself had any confidentiality agreements with or any, you know, particular contract. It was just subject to the general license. And under the terms of the general license, anything that was put in could be used to train the model, could end up being a part of somebody else's output. And and Samsung basically publicly has acknowledged, yeah, we've we've lost trade secret protection on these uh, these three things. Um, so it's 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 very important as a business owner uh, to have policies in place and to have thought them through on uh, on the use of AI by employees. I think that's the the biggest risk right now is that your employees will, you know, will use Chat GPT to prepare something without you being aware of it. 
Well, I could see all of that happening. And, you know, if it can happen to Samsung, it could happen to all of us. And some people would say, well, they're just a big company. But big companies sometimes contract their employees better than little companies. Um, yeah, I mean, that's certainly a part of it. One big advantage that big companies will have in this area is they can perhaps develop their own um, internal AI system and train that up and not worry about that being available to the public. Or they can generate or, you know, not generate, but they can uh, enter into, um, you know, license agreements, specific agreements uh, with some of these AI uh, entities that, that you know, smaller uh, businesses and individuals won't be able to financially finagle um, as as is often the case these days, being big is its own uh, its own sort of source of power. Um, so so in particular for entrepreneurs and for small startups, you know, like I said, you really gotta you really gotta have thought through and have in place policies and procedures that that employees are trained on and know about that set up. You know what can be entered in, who can use AI, are there any particular programs that are acceptable and others that are not acceptable. Um, that last of which may, you know, depend uh, considerably on what their, you know, general terms of use are, um, you know, whether the information you're feeding them can be used to train or can be output. Um, so I, I, I hope this is in the vein of what you're talking about. Let's say I'm creating a document and this has not happened to me yet. And I use AI to help me create the document. So it has some of my own original thoughts but AI is helping me to research and format or whatever it does. Uh, has it become like a legal letter that if somebody wants it, my content is redacted or have I exposed myself to the world? Do I have to write a disclosure at the end of my document? I'm just thinking it's probably right now so far over my head and I'm supposedly uh, <laughs> someone that people come to for expert advice. Yeah. Um, well, I can tell you that AI will not do any redactions, or at least all the AI systems with, with which I'm familiar, they will not do any redactions. Um, and in terms of what somebody else may be able to access, um, you know, one of the sort of characteristics of AI is it's kind of a black box. You put in a prompt and you don't know what's going to come out of it. And the AI developer doesn't know what's going to come out of it. Um, I can tell you there have been lawsuits filed. There was recently a lawsuit filed against uh, uh it's it's one of the AIs called uh, I believe Codex. Uh, it develops code, um, and it's being sued for copyright infringement right now because it output in response to a third party's prompt. It output a recognizable segment of somebody else's code that had apparently been input for training purposes or for whatever reason. Um, so that's one of the concerns that you should also have, in, you know, in terms of using this is if you're using output from an AI you're not going to ever be sure that you're not violating somebody else's copyright, somebody else's trademark. You know, you, there's just sort of no guarantees that, that, uh, uh, you know, that, it, that it's going to be something you can cleanly use moving forward. And, uh, and the AI systems are certainly not going to indemnify you. However, if you use AI and the AI system gets uh, sued and, you know, like in this case, they're suing the, um, the AI system that generated this code, most AIs, do require you to indemnify them for if they get sued for whatever it is you're doing. So there's a little bit of a, a, a I shouldn't say a little bit, there's a considerable imbalance there. Uh, it seems kind of messy. And it's a little bit messy. And, you know, like these things, it can just be that the random output happened to match up. But one of the concerns that I would have, and, and I'm not sure that this would in any way be legally improper, 
Um, if two businesses are competing and working towards a, you know, the same goal, I don't, I don't believe to my knowledge, there would be nothing improper of about somebody in one of the companies typing in what is company X inputting for prompts? What is company X working at? You know, questions like that, that, that I don't know how currently these systems would handle such a question and I don't know what they would do moving forward, but you know, you can, you can potentially ask very specific targeted questions about what somebody else has been doing and, you know, you never know, you might get something out of it. Well, I mean, I think about attorneys and their intellectual ability to stay up to date on things <laughs> and, uh, you know, estate planning and litigation, but isn't it much worse for someone in your field with AI? I mean, it does. It, it, couldn't it potentially keep you up every night, all night, staying up to date as things change every day? Oh, it's, it's, I mean, it's crazy. I know, you know, AI systems, uh, not that long ago, you know, they could have a conversation with you. They'd get a lot of stuff wrong. They, there was a lot of stuff they sort of didn't know. Uh, AI systems are now passing PhD level exams in quantum mechanics. Uh, they're passing the bar exam. You know, it, it's, it's remarkable the speed at which they're developing. Um, and, and, you know, part of it is it's, it's really hard if you're just looking at a business's output or an individual's output, it's really hard to know if, and to what extent any AI was used in, in generating that. And, you know, it does still get stuff wrong. It's, it's, it's not like it's, it's got sort of a box of true facts and a box of false facts. It's just got whatever it's been input and whatever it throws together. Uh, Again, you're making me think, and I don't know if you appreciate (laughs) that or not. Could some, I'll use one general, could you have, let's say, magazines like the Harvard Business Review make it a prerequisite to any writers that AI is not used in the creation of any content? And um, that would be something that would, to me, would be very interesting that that would be a prerequisite in even employment contracts with employees or things like that. Um, yeah, I think there are certainly entities that are doing that. I know, like in our profession, um, if you were to, if you were to generate you know, a legal brief using AI and not really go through and proof it and check it in the whole nine yards, you're probably committing malpractice. Um, I know for a fact there have been people that have done that and submitted briefs to the court that uh, I think we discussed this last time that included uh, case citations that don't actually exist. Um, And, you know, the arguments were logical and the citations backed up their points that just never actually had taken place. Uh, and, And the attorney that was submitting the information basically admitted he didn't review it. Um, well, it's going to be interesting to watch the Screenwriters Guild because as this decision <laughs> comes down, uh, I'm sure you're going to be looking at it and giving us your insights because it's going to set probably a trend throughout many industries about what we're going to do. Is it really tight enough? Is it good enough? I assume the union has scrutinized this and their attorneys have scrutinized this document enough and because this is so important and it's important to all industries, if someone wants to find you, Tom, and get more information, because this is affecting and will affect all of us, how would they do that? Um, they can find me at um, tmcnulty at lalaw.com. And, and I'm on the website, um, www.lalaw.com. And for our listeners who are interested in AI and AI protection and the trends, you can find Tom every month, maybe more if we get lucky, (laughs) on Radio Entrepreneurs.